Welcome to Life Source Church. We are so glad you found us. We hope that you will experience God with us as you hear the preaching of the word. I'd like to file an official complaint to your worship team. They've already had me crying twice. That's not, that's not very nice, Matt. Uh, you know, uh, thank God for long sleeve shirts. Amen. Wow. I'd like to join your church. Can I do that? Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. Amen. Well, I'm your ugly brother, Hungarian brother in Christ. And I'm forgiven. I have eternal life through Jesus. And it's a joy to be here. Uh, your church has a great testimony. You've produced some great young people. Um, I, I knew Elizabeth Swanson from uh, Bible College and uh, served there as a trustee for 175 years. And uh, man, it's, uh, you, you've got a, God's doing things here. And I just hope to just throw some gasoline on your sparks. I'll be sharing my testimony. Uh, where sin did abound, grace did much more abound. I'll be sharing my testimony, and I guess it's the Bible class hour, so I'd like to, can't wait to just brag on Jesus a little bit. Um, turn in John, Gospel of John, chapter 1. My, my thoughts today um, are on, on this theme, the, uh, this question. Why do some people get to see God do so much? I remember as a new believer, 1972, coming out of the drug culture, I was the first hippie saved to Cook Road Baptist Church. They didn't know what to do with me, you know. <laughs> Long hair, you know, bleach blonde, and just grooving, man. And, uh, and then and they start, you know, when you're in a, a church that's on fire, you know, missionaries come through, and they tell these amazing stories, what God's doing. And I was like this new believer, and it's whoa, stuff was happening in my heart, like, yeah, I, want, I don't just want to know God, I want to experience God. And, and then, you know, I'm sitting there like, whoa, this is awesome. Other people sitting right next to me like, I don't want to be one of those guys, amen? I want to be where the action is. Anybody old enough to remember a, a television show on, um, in the summer back like in the early 60s? Uh, what? <laughs> There's got to be some old codger here to understand this. It was, it was a summertime show. It was like a beach show, and it, it was called Where the Action Is. Yeah. Oh, baby, come on down. Let me take you where the action is. Amen? Some of you remember that. God bless you and you and you. I, that was me, man. I want to be where the action is. And, and we're, as we're approaching the Gospel of John, uh, chapter 1, action, divine action. It was the time of the incarnation. We're measuring our time now. 2014, it's not A.B. after Buddha. It's not uh, uh, A.M. after Mohammed. It's not after A.C. after Confucius. It's A.D., Anandamani in the year of our Lord Jesus. The world had waited since the fall of Adam and Eve for the, the, the seed of the woman. Who will the seed be? Of the tribe, of the lineage of, uh, 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 of the seed of Abraham, of the, of the tribe of Judah, of the lineage of King David. And in the fullness of time, a virgin brings forth her firstborn son, wraps him in swaddling clothes, lays him in a manger. But it's in obscurity. But there was a visitation of God to planet Earth. 
He had made prophecies and not too many people were in on the prophecies. I've cheated, man. I've read through the Bible 93 times. I'm in on the prophecies. If, 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 there, if I'm, there's going to be a final test, man, I want to be ready for it. Amen. <laughs> if he's coming, I want to I want to not be taken by surprise. And so uh, the, the, the big things are happening yet. God's really cool. He just kind of he just kind of does his thing, mostly backstage, and and so the people of Israel were sort of up on stuff. There had been the stir among God's people. They were kind of backslidden, about halfway for God, halfway for the world, but they were still God's people, and, and, and they had a lot to learn. And God visited through the birth of uh, John the Baptist and his old uh, father Zechariah. Was too old the priest to have kids and all that, and he went into the temple and the, he saw an angel. And you're going to have a son. He's going to be the forerunner of Christ, the last prophet of the Old Testament. Malachi prophes- prophesied the first prophet of the New Testament, John the Baptist, and it was happening. He went in to do the thing. He stayed in long. Saw an angel come out. They knew something was up. Amen. And, and so he wrote it down, man. And, and I'm going to have a baby. And they thought, oh, this dude's whacked. Amen. And I think he was a Pentecostal guy or something, you know. And, and, and sure enough, he, his wife gets pregnant. They have a baby. And that kind of stirs everybody up. Like, this is like God is visiting his people. And, and, and then there's the... Uh, let, and then later, six months later, is the birth of Jesus, and the Magi come, and Herod freaks out, kills all the, tries to kill out this one supposedly born king of the Jews, and the people are pumped, and God, is God going to visit us? We're tired of the Roman occupation. We're tired of, of all of this. We want a redeemer. We want somebody to kick Roman butt and set us free. God had something more important than kicking Roman butt. He, had, he wanted to kick the devil's butt. He wanted to take care of the big issue, the sin issue first, amen? And so the people were stirred. And then it all kind of quiets down for 12 years till this amazing child from the Galilee comes down and confounds the scholars with his wisdom. And what's that all about? Things settle down another 18 years. And the voice of one crying in the wilderness makes straight the way of the Lord. It's that old priest Zechariah who's long dead. It's his kid, John the Baptist, preaching repentance for the kingdom of God is at hand. And John, when the people heard John preach, something happened in their heart. Oh, my goodness. This guy, whoo, he's not like the scribes. He's not like the Pharisees. This dude's for real. And something was happening in their hearts. And that kind of lays the foundation for our text. John the Baptist had been through the Galilee, and they were stirred. And he said, there's one coming after me whose shoelaces I'm not even worthy to tie. I baptize you with water, but he's going to baptize you with fire and with the Holy Spirit. And they're like, start up, okay. And it dies down just for a short while. And here comes Jesus. Not at all what they expected. Just looked like a common man. There was no beauty that they would desire him. Isaiah prophet said, all that's fulfilled. Here comes Jesus. But when he spoke... Oh, my. (laughs) No man ever spoke like this man. Amen. And Philip, who had heard John the Baptist, he hears Jesus. His heart is lit up. There's some lit up hearts here. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? A lot of you. And those of you that don't know what I'm talking about today, it'd be a good day to jump in. I'm just saying. You don't want to, I mean, eternal life or going to hell. <laughs> Amen? 
This should be pretty simple. And so Philip is all fired up, and we pick up on our text in John chapter 1, um, verse 44. Now, Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew, and Peter, Peter, and he just heard Jesus. In verse 45, fires are burning his heart. Philip findeth Nathanael and said unto him, we found him of whom Moses and the law and the prophets spoke, Jesus of Nazareth, son of Joseph. And you got to check this guy out. John the Baptist told him he was coming. He came. It's amazing. It's, it's the Messiah. It's, it's, yes, you got to check it out. And I like, chill out. Leave me alone. You know, your religion, don't take that thing too far. You, you know, shh. And Philip says, and Nathanael says, verse 46, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? See, that's the wrong side of the tracks, you know what I'm saying? You know, cool, cool people come from Jerusalem. Uh, <laughs> Nazareth, hello. <laughs> and can any good thing come out of Nazareth? Philip said unto him, come and see. But if we can just get people to Jesus, they'll see, amen? That's, all, that's our job. We don't have to defend him. We just need to present him. He'll defend himself. So I, I, I feel a spirit of reluctance on Nathaniel's part. Okay, just get Philip off my back. If I come one time, check it out, you're going to leave me alone, right? Yeah, just come. And so I, I, I feel a sense of reluctance on Nathaniel's part. But he comes, which is cool. I went to church kind of kicking and screaming myself. And so, but I kept being invited out over and over again. I'll tell the story a little bit later. And, and boy, I tell you, when I heard the preaching of the Word of God without apology, the Spirit of God takes the Word of God and starts... Speaking to a man and draws us to this amazing Savior. And so I, I see Nathaniel like, okay, I'll come. Just wasting my time, but I'll come. Get you off my back. So he comes. And uh, verse 47, things are getting pretty cool now. They're going to meet up with Jesus. Jesus saw Nathaniel coming toward him and said of him, Behold, an, in, an Israelite indeed, in whom is no deceit. And Nathaniel uh, was kind of taken a little bit off guard. He's like, uh, wait a minute, he's got a little bit too much information on me. How does, how does he know any of this? This is not natural. Oh, I know, I know Philip. Philip told him all about me. Philip can't be trusted, you know, he's just a total religious freak, just goes all the way for God. And so he's trying to rationalize this. And Jesus has him, right? Or he wants him, amen? That's exciting, isn't it? It might also be kind of scary. He's got him right where he wants him. Nathaniel said, verse 48 on him, how do you know me? Oh yeah, Philip, Philip, Philip. How do you know me? And I think Jesus has a little twinkle in his eye. A little smile on his face. Jesus has set this guy up. Amen? And he said, uh, said to him, Jesus speaking, last part of verse 48, before Philip called you when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. And all of a sudden, he's trying to combobulate all this. Like, oh. Philip had no clue where I was at earlier in the day. But this guy knows 
where I was at early in the day. And there's no human way possible for that to happen. This is not natural. This is supernatural. John the Baptist said there would come after me. Who's And he experiences what we would call in the theological level the omniscience of God. God knows everything. He knows everything about this guy. And, he, and we'd say in my, my day, busted! <laughs> He's busted! The king of the universe has busted this dude. Amen? And, and he gets it. He connects the dots. Look what he says. And Nathaniel answered and said to him, Rabbi, you're the son of God. You're the king of Israel. John the Baptist said you'd come and you came. I can't believe it. All the prophecies in the Old Testament, the seed of Abraham and tribe of Judah, king of David, son of... You. Whoa, you're the king. Whoa, he's in. He gets it. I think Jesus is smiling. It took so little to move him so much. I want to be like that. People say, well, show me a miracle and I'll believe. That's not how it works. God says, believe. I'll show you a miracle. Amen? And so uh, he's pumped. He's pumped. It, for most people, it takes so much to move them so little. I don't want to be like that. I want to be moved a lot with just a little. Did you ever watch the sun come up in the morning? You try to do that sometime. That is a big deal. You ever hear the birds singing in the morning? They wake up happy every day, don't they? I want to, I want to be moved so much by so little. I think Jesus is smiling. I hope this is on DVD. I want to watch this. I'll stay up some night late in the Millennial Kingdom and watch this deal. In verse 50, Jesus answered and said to him, because I said unto you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You think that's a big deal? Yes, it's a huge deal. It's supernatural. It's, you're God. You're the king. It's, whoa, it's huge. I love it. I love it. I love it. And Jesus says this. You will see greater things than these. Whoa. Did that catch your interest? It's an 18-year-old kid out of the drug culture I heard Jesus say that greater things than these you'll see I'm hearing these missionaries tell these amazing stories of God's providence, God's protection God's provision and I'm something's in my heart that's what I want for my life I don't want to just own a restaurant and have the best hamburgers in town. Two pickles with every burger. That was my goal. Or a life lived to the abandonment of God. Spiritual reckless abandonment, I like to call it. Greater things than you, these you'll see. Man, this guy's on the spot now. He's, you're the son of God, you're the king of Israel. You, you want to see something bigger? You, that ain't nothing. Can I paraphrase that? Jesus saying, that ain't nothing. I'm bigger than that. I can do more than that. 
He could pave the, the driveway. I think he's capable. But way beyond that. But man, he's kind of on the spot. You see, if he's going to see greater things in these, which I think we want, amen? What a perfect song. I always cry, greater things are still yet to be done in the city. I'm 60 years old, but I'm not ready to slow down yet, amen? I tire out more quickly. (laughs) I have to rest before I go preach again. But the fires are still there. The fires just don't go away. And, uh, you know, not everybody's jumping on the Jesus bandwagon. When others heard Jesus say this about him, it didn't rock their world like it rocked him. God just has that personal situation with each of us. Amen? We all have our own story. We're all sinners. We all need a redeemer. But then he just has that personal touch. Greater things than these? Yeah! But he's got some naysayers. Uh, Excuse me, Nathaniel, have you, like, lost your mind? The religious leaders think he's a huckster. You know, what, what is the benefit package? What's the life insurance policy? What's the health benefits? What are you going to get out of this? You're just going to walk away from everything here? You just met the guy. One thing he tells you, one thing you freak out, you become a religious fanatic overnight. Dude, you better think about this. He's got the voice of reason, the voice of doubt. Amen. And he's pondering, well, here's my job in the Galilee. Here's my family. Here's what I know. But there's a hole inside of us. There's something inside of us by our creator that we need to know him, that we want to know him and worship him and love him and serve him and see him in action. And he's got that. And it makes no sense. He's got security or faith. He's got the voice of doubt or the voice of faith. And most of us know what it is to be pulled that way. I was the first believer in my family, and they weren't throwing gasoline on my sparks. (laughs) My mom begged me not to go to Bible college. We need you here. But Jesus said, if you love your mother and father and family more than me, you're not worthy of the... And he made his choice. He jumps in both feet. He follows Jesus. What was going through his mind? Greater things than these you'll see. Greater things than you'll see. I'm in. He's just like, he's one of the 12 now. He's an apostle. (laughs) Whoa! In the raw. (laughs) Untrained. But man, he's on a whole new journey. And, you know, that night, you know, it's like, where, he talks to the other guy, where, where, were we, where are we going? I'm following him. You see, if you're going to see greater things, this is so simple. Just do the math. You just got to be close enough to see him. Amen? You got to be in the vicinity. If he's going to heal people, you got to be in sight. He's got to follow Jesus. First song I learned, I have decided to follow Jesus. Though no one joined me. Still, I'll follow. The cross before me. The world behind me. 
I won't turn back. And he's like, okay, hey, hey, guys, good to be a part of this. Where are we, st- where are we staying tonight? Well, we don't know. <laughs> you don't know. No, Jesus takes care of that stuff. Okay, so he's like, what are we going to eat? Well, we don't know. Okay, long walk. And not got comfortable accommodations that night. It wasn't like the Hampton where we stayed last night. And the next day, they, they walk all day. Nothing happens. Where are we going? I don't know. We're just, just following him. And they go to bed again that night, tired, and the food wasn't that good. And, you know, nothing happened. So I wonder, man, my family thinks I'm an idiot. And second day, you get up. Where are we going? We don't know. Where are we going? I don't know. What are we going to eat? I don't know. Okay. Gee, maybe I... He said, I'd great, he said greater thing. I, this kind of dis, this first couple of days here is a little bit disappointing. Chapter 2, verse 1. On the third day, three in the Bible is the number of death. Jesus is in the grave for three days. Jonah, three days in the whale, in the belly, the fish. Third day. God lets us go through some times of disappointment, contemplation, unfulfilled dreams, not knowing what's going on. Gee, did I do the right thing? That's all part of this journey. But he did pick up one foot, and the morning of the third day, he was still there. He still heard Jesus. What happens this day? On the third day, there was a wedding in Cain of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Both now, hey, we're going to a wedding. That's cool. These were not little, in Ohio, the wedding uh, receptions are just like this little, uh, little uh, sugar things and a little cake and some punch. Man, I like the Northeast weddings, amen? We get a little crazy with the groceries, amen? The old Italian situations. It was like one of those on steroids. Hey, it's been a little disappointing so far, but we're going to the wedding. The groceries will be fantastic. So his spirits are up a little bit. So they go to the wedding feast. This is pretty cool. Verse 2, now Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. And when they had run out of wine, the mother of Jesus said unto him, they have no wine. Uh, The obvious. And Jesus said to her, woman, what uh, does that concern What does your concern have to do with me? Mine hour is not yet come. He's not being disrespectful to his mother. He's just identifying, you know, the uh, mother-father or the mother-son situation is secondary to I'm the seed of the woman. (laughs) You're the woman, I'm the seed, and I'm the son of God, and I've got a little mission here. So he's being respectful, but just kind of pointing this out. Verse 4, or verse 5, his mother said unto the servants, unto Nathanael and the apostles, to his servants, whatever he says to you, do it. That's good preaching, amen? Boy, I wish I'd have heard that when I was about six. That would have kept me out of the drug culture, I'm sure. Would have kept a lot of bad stuff out of my life. Just do what Jesus, can you imagine that? Man, if we could just get like one generation, just do what Jesus says, everything will be groovy, amen? Imagine all the people living in love. We used to get high and think if everybody got stoned, we'd have peace. Amen. It didn't work. <laughs> Tried it. <laughs> it didn't work. Whatever he says, you do it. That's lordship. That's Christianity. It's not religion. Amen. 
the Lord speaks, we listen. It's biblical Christianity. It's relational Christianity. My old hippie friend, Roach. Everybody had a hippie friend named Roach, amen? I was a little bit jealous of the name. I tried out for it. Come in second. Roach. Gave me the greatest counsel anybody ever gave me. I was out by a pond pretending that I was fishing. We were both wasted. And he comes up to me, you know, hey, what's happening, man? Like, what's happening? None of us have a clue what's happening. What are you asking me? What is happening? That's a great question. I said, Roach, I used to think I was on a quest for God. But what if God's on a quest for me? Which he is. I checked it out. Amen. God is on a people quest. That's awesome. And Roach said, give me the greatest counsel anybody ever, ever gave me. He said, well, man, like if God ever talks to you, man, listen to him. <laughs> I said, dude, <laughs> dude, amen. Isn't that kind of what Mary just said? I don't think, I don't think he knew she said that. Roach has become a Christian. He, he loves the Lord today, so we're all getting saved out of the mess we were in. Whatever he says, you do it. Verse 6, now there were set uh, there six water pots of stone according to the manner of purification of the Jews containing 20 or 30 firkins or gallons apiece. These are not little two-liter bottles. Hey, can you grab a couple bottles of soda? Or if you're in Ohio, pop. Or if you're from Mississippi, Cokes. What kind of Coke do you want? Orange. <laughs> what is wrong with those people? Coke, orange soda. Don't get me gone. <laughs> why, do we drive on why do we drive on parkways and park on driveways? That drives me nuts. I can't figure that out. Anyway, back to the text. Fill these things up. Now, wait a minute. Excuse me. I'm like the guest. And this is like work. It is like hot. And that's not like in my job description. You say greater things than these. You'll see, I don't see anything. The food's good. Now you want me to go. It's not my job. You want me to take the water things all the way down to the well, fill them up water, bring them up here. They ran out of water. They ran out of wine, not water. What do you need water for? They need wine. Come on. Okay. He said, I'll do it. Okay. His mother said, just do what he says. This makes absolutely no sense. But, you know, I'm a nice guy. I'm just going to do it. This is for the preacher, the, re the receipt for the hotel. You already paid for it, so thank you. It was very nice. Had a great roommate. Woo. What? Stop it. When you get people laugh, it just eggs me on, you know? So if it gets a little weird in here, it's your fault. So he does it. Okay, I think reluctant. I could see him, I could just see the reluctance. Okay. These things are heavy. Oh, now they're really heavy. Here they are. Continuing on in the scriptures. Verse 7, Jesus said, fill the water pots with what? Water. H2O. Well, it all depends how you interpret it, you know. 
water, and they filled them to the brim. And he said to them, draw out some now and take it to the master of the feast. They took it. There. Verse 9. It's going to get exciting now. And when the master of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine, he did not know. He did not know where it came from. But the servants who had drawn the water knew. Nathaniel knew. He helped do it. And the master of the feast called the bridegroom. And he said to him, every man at the beginning sets out the good wine. And when the guests have well drunk, then the inferior. But you've kept the good wine until now. Nathaniel's listening to this. Uh, that's not a wine. That is a water. I know it's water because I put water in it. I let the bucket down in the well. I pulled the water out of the well and poured the water into this. And you are an idiot. You just called it wine. Not only did you call it wine, you called it good wine. And Nathaniel's like, uh-oh. Let me taste that stuff. Nathaniel goes over, dips in, tastes it. Busted. He looks at Jesus, and Jesus says, I told you greater things than these you'll see. You like that, Nathaniel? Yes, that's a miracle. In theological sense, we call that the omnipotence of God. God can do all things. Three days ago, he experiences the omniscience of God. God knows everything. Three days now in God's perfect timing. In God's perfect timing. He sees something greater than what he saw three days ago. You like that, Nathaniel? <laughs> yes, I love that. That's awesome. That's why I followed you. I want to see greater things than these. And now I think it got a little easier to follow Jesus. Amen. Look what it says, the closing verse. This beginning of signs and miracles, this beginning of miracles, did Jesus of Cana of, in Cana of Galilee and manifested his glory. And his disciples believed on him. God's glory was there. But not everybody saw it. There were people, probably a hundred people, who drank that wine. But to them it was just good wine. They didn't see the glory. I want to be one close enough to see his glory. Amen. That'll keep you gone. Elizabeth had a little down moment earlier this week. She's a Facebook friend. But uh, she's close enough. God's glory was all over her this morning when she was singing. Somebody say amen. Now, if we could uh, beam Nathaniel down from heaven. Why? Uh, we saw over here in the Bible, uh, Nathaniel, John chapter 1, that Jesus made a promise to you that greater things than these you'll see. Are you satisfied that he kept his word to you? And Nathaniel would look at us and say, what, are you an idiot? Yes. I saw greater things than these. A thousand times a thousand. 
I saw him turn the water to wine that day, but that was just getting started. I saw him heal all manner of sick. I saw him cast out every demon. I saw him raise the dead. I saw him calm the storms, feed the multitudes, walk on the water. I saw him rise from the dead. Yeah! But every time, he saw something greater. And John's gospel closes out and says, I suppose that if all the things that he did were recorded, the world would not even be able to hold the volumes. Jesus didn't just do the miracles that we read about. That was just a snippet of what he did. He saw great things. But all the great things that he saw and experienced from God, it all kind of came back. when the Lord spoke to him the Lord invited him to follow him you want to see greater things it's not a problem for God but all that really awesome stuff he saw really came down to that reason versus faith comfort versus spiritual reckless abandonment getting out of his comfort zone just Jumping in with both feet. I got a lot of people in our church, great people who have a great church. I got lots of people sold out to Jesus, but I got a lot of people that are just like, oh boy, it's a preacher. Well, we're in. See, when you're stuck there, you're not going to see much because you have to follow him. And when your doubts are assailing, and they will, you can't let that stop you. The just shall live by faith. And you take the next step. That's not my job description. What job description? If you're going to find a biblical job description, all will live God in Christ. Jesus will suffer persecution. It is given unto you on behalf of Christ. I don't only believe in his name, but to suffer for his namesake. That, that's in your job description. The world hates you because it hated me. That's in your job. What do you mean? What is this job description thing? We're servants of Christ. This world's not our home. Amen? Our rewards aren't here. I've had a lot of wonderful rewards here. Preacher, I see a lot of your rewards right up here on this platform. Thank God for maternal genes. Hey, kids turned out beautiful. Handsome men. <laughs> Handsome men from the mother's seed. Amen. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I've seen God do stuff. We're going to talk about that next hour. But, uh, brethren, my heart's desire and prayer for Life Source Church, for this next generation coming up. Matt and Elizabeth and all you young people, I want you to experience Jesus. I want you to see his mighty hand. I want you to be those fired up lights in your generation. You never see anybody, missionaries coming home from broken, wore out, sick bodies, taking their life at age 63 because there was a big hole in our heart that couldn't fill like Robin Williams. He had it all and had nothing. And over and over again, that place. 
you have these old missionaries come back broke and sick, buried kids and wives and mates on the mission field. They come home. You know what they say? Man, I wish I had one more life to do it all over again. Amen? I want you to experience Jesus. And what might he have up his sleeve for you? What might he have up his sleeve for you? I forget your, is it Tom? Your first name? Bob. Abraham was 90 when God called him. Yet nine years before the big calling may come. How many kids do you have? Well, I'm just. God uses us old people, amen? What might he have up his sleeve? That's pretty radical, moving from the Bible Belt in Michigan to Massachusetts? Or is it Taxachusetts? Taxachusetts. But God took you out of the Bible Belt and brought you out here. What might he have up his sleeve, amen? Only one way to find out. Stay close to him. Don't let any... Don't let anybody, girls, don't let some guy keep you away from Jesus. You're beautiful and you deserve a wonderful life. And some guy that loves you more than he loves Jesus is not the kind of guy you need. Amen? Amen. Don't let anybody keep you back from Jesus. Get somebody radically on fire for Jesus. And hook up with that person and those people. What might he have up his sleeve for this church, preacher? There's an energy here. This is not natural. The world would say it's a little weird. Those people are weird. They like going to church. What's wrong with them? <laughs> but God has greater things than these. But the only way you'll get it is just jump in with both feet. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Sermon is over. Invitation. Uh, time for you to ponder. Give me 60 seconds. What are you going to do with what you heard? Is Jesus speaking to you? Like he was speaking to Nathaniel, and you're being torn, like Daniel was being, Nathaniel was being torn. And is there anybody here to say, Pastor Duke, I'm, I'm kind of like you, where I'm just, this is all new to me, and uh, man, I'm feeling something in my heart. The word, when, when you were making the Bible, sharing it was like living in my heart and mind, and I feel drawn. I think maybe Jesus is knocking on the door of my heart right now, and I, uh, I'm tired of my old life, I'm tired of myself, I'm tired of my sin. And I'm ready for a, new, a fresh start. I'm ready to turn it all over to God. I'm, I'll, I'll jump in with both feet. That's what I need to do. And I think today's my day. I'm going to lead a, in a prayer of commitment to Christ. We call it the sinner's prayer. Is there anybody here, young or old, say, I have never had a time in my life where I have asked Jesus Christ, the Son of God, to forgive me of my sins and come into my heart and save me. I've never done that. But today's my day. Would you raise your hand for prayer? And I'll lead you in that prayer of commitment. Anybody all over the house? I have never done that. But man, I'm ready. Would you raise your hand? I'll pray for you. I'll lead you in prayer. Anybody? Never done that. Let me ask a question to Christians now. Are you still kind of being torn? One foot in the world, one foot with Christ? And you're missing out. What are you might be missing out on? Because you're afraid. You're being fear-driven instead of faith-driven. You're letting fears. What about this? Man, you don't, hear, you don't see great God stuff when you're driven by fear. The just shall live by faith. 
His record is perfect. He's not going to blow it on you. But you're still about halfway. Anybody say, Pastor Duke? That's me. I'm a, I just kind of got one foot holding back. and I got some people maybe holding me back. and I got fears holding me back. But God really spoke to me today. And I'm going to let go and let God. I'm, I'm jumping in with both feet. Would you raise your hand for prayer? Boy, just hands popping up all over the place. I'm not going to count them. That's, I'm not here to count hands. But God sees your heart. Hopefully that wasn't your hand being raised. Hopefully that was your heart being raised to God. Father, thank you for this amazing church. Thank you for what, what, what they stand for, for their missionary endeavor. And, and Lord, there's a, a lot of committed people here. I can feel it. And uh, I thank you for, to be their brother in Christ. And for those that are struggling in this thing, just let this be a, a day where a, a line has been dr- drawn in the sand. And we're not going to let the voice of fear, the voice of reason, the voice of doubt control us. We're going to do what Mary said, whatever Jesus says, do it. Our flesh is weak. We are incapable in ourselves to do anything without Jesus. But that moment we trusted him as our Savior. You gave us power. And we're going to rely completely on that power to do the next right thing. Bless this church. Thank you for the privilege of being here today. In Jesus' name, amen.